Well, what's up, Stone Creek fam? Joey McLaughlin here, and I'm so pumped to be able to jump into a conversation around rest with you guys for week three of Restless. And we thought to kind of bring this series to a conclusion that we would get some of my great friends in a room together and have a conversation about how we do this practically. What does rest really look like? And we want to wrap a lot of our conversation today around this word Sabbath. Mm. And um, Sabbath is something that for a lot of us feels strange. It feels (laughs) abnormal. It feels like this ancient weird thing that people in Jerusalem did, but that we don't really do today. Um, But we wanted to kind of reintroduce this idea and say that maybe it's time for us to recapture some of what has become ancient in Christianity. And it's this idea of Sabbath and rest that Jesus modeled for us so well. Um, We see Sabbath kind of have its origin or its beginning in the creation narrative. You know, one of my favorite things is when people talk about the creation narrative, they're always like, man, and God, he created the world in seven days. False. (laughs) <laughs> selling my boy short. He created it in six days yeah. and on the seventh day he yeah. rested. And I think that it's beautiful that one of the first things that he does is he models for us that like God, our father, creator of all that is, yeah. totally sovereign, ultimately powerful, he rests. Yeah. And I don't think he just does it because he needs it but he does it because he's woven it into the design of how creation works, that rest is good for us. Yeah. And it's not just um, it's not just to recharge our batteries, but it's actually to heal our souls, to bring delight. There's, yeah. It's not, I'm just resting for something, but I'm resting because resting is what I was created for. Yeah. Yeah. And that's different, right? Yeah. That kind of paradigm is, okay, a lot of us think about rest and we just think, okay, I've got to rest so that then I could go and do something. Yeah. But really the way that God doesn't need anybody's help. God doesn't need rest's help. Mm-hmm. What he's saying is that rest is actually a part of what it means to be alive, what yeah. it means to be how he's created us to be is yeah. we're created to rest. And so what does that look like for us today in this culture, in this context to rest? Because I know in the North Atlanta bubble, restless is a badge that a lot of people wear of honor. I'm, yeah. I'm busy, I'm going, I'm flowing, I'm grinding, I'm achieving. And, and so then you take that restlessness that so many people feel, and then you know you just add a little pandemic in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah. and it just, it multiplies it. And so I wanna start the conversation here. How do you guys feel right now? Mm-hmm. Like in your soul, in your hearts, how do you feel? Yeah, I, I would say, there is a peace or there's a rest um, and there's also a restlessness about just everything that's going on. So there's yeah. both. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm feeling uh, rested from maybe a little bit slower pace or maintaining some routines, um, having some different things, you know, kind of from home. Like literally my commute to the office and from the office is, you know, five minutes or five footsteps, right? I mean, it's like, you know, get my coffee and everything and then I go in the office. So it's, there's different things that are going on right now, getting to take walks at lunchtime with my wife, you know, around the neighborhood and enjoy the beautiful weather, which I was not doing right. prior to all this. Yeah. And there's also a lot of stress. There's totally. a lot of pressure. There's a lot of what's going on in the world. There's a lot of what's going on, you know, with different things here at church and people that I'm trying to help and navigate and all the questions that they've got. And so there's, there is both. There's yeah. some rest, but there's also, man, there's still a lot of restlessness. Yeah. Are you, um, you mentioned, you know, kind of working from home and doing Zoom calls and things like that. Are you yeah. doing the mullet Zoom calls where it's like business up top, pajama pants down below? Um, <laughs> lots of shorts <laughs> yeah. and, you know, um, a lot of pajama pants. Yeah. Right. yeah. Right. Okay. I, 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 I was going to try to super spiritualize it like, no, I'm in a suit. You know? No, I'm not. Yeah, you, you caught me. Steven's always in a suit. 
Always. He's always going to say yeah, that. Always. Yeah. All right, what about you guys? How are y'all feeling? Yeah, I think I think for me, it's it's opposite of you. you. Like, uh, I'm in the middle of a stressful season, new job, right? Mm. Uh, just starting here at Stone Creek. He's to- working on commission, hasn't get, <laughs> hasn't notched his first salvation yeah. yet, so doesn't we'll get see. paid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so if you want to give to Beyond, that's to me. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no yeah. So I'm in, we're in a stressful season, new job, trying to rework, rethink business model of church and how we do it, and um, so it doesn't seem restful. I have three kids at home. You know, they're they're home from school and preschool, and so uh, hearing them running around yelling, you know, and and yeah. so it's it's and in the midst of that, trying to find a house and sell a home, and so. Um, I, th- I think we're in the stage of life of like, we feel like we're doing a lot and we would have the excuse, like we don't have time. Yeah. But when we look back on our day, we're going, we really didn't do anything meaningful. Mm. Wow. And so I think that that's the lie that I think we've been telling ourselves and the, the lifestyle that we've been living in is going, yeah, I'm extremely tired because I'm giving, 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 going, going, going. But when I look back, I'm going, maybe, maybe I'm not. Cause it wasn't really that big of a deal. Yeah. Like for what? Yeah. Like in the end, yeah. it's good. Yeah, I think for me, um, so for Leslie and I, our lives have just been crazy recently anyways with an eight-week-old baby and then um, an 18-month-old uh, son that's just wild and runs around like crazy. And um, and then moving to recently a smaller house where it's like you, you, don't, you can't isolate in your home at all um, where I'm at. And so, um, so I think at the beginning of this whole quarantine season and everything, um, we were definitely feeling, and I know all of us in this room feel it of like people think, oh, well, wow, well, church isn't like, you're not meeting in person. So like y'all are just chilling at home, right? right? Like so much peace in your world. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like we are grinding y'all. Like we are grinding like crazy, um, busier than ever before. Um, uh, Or I would say there's different kind of work that takes different kind of time right now um, than maybe we were used to and weren't ready for in this season. And so um, for us, we realized that we had to start adopting um, some really good rhythms of rest because we found ourselves two weeks into this, like, oh my gosh, we can't keep doing this. Like, this is not going to work. We couldn't keep watching Netflix. Um, We couldn't keep (laughs) watching Tiger King every single night, you know? Um, And uh, so we had to- but you yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so we've had to yeah adopt some new rhythms of rest and um in our own lives to to make sure that um we're not finding ourselves in the place we found ourselves so yeah. now i don't know about you guys for you guys who have kids but i felt like this last season i'm like now i understand why my wife is always tired <laughs> yes <laughs> like i get it now like yeah. a light bulb goes uh, off so. yeah yeah it's funny yeah. all right what would you guys say fuels restlessness that state in your soul of even if I've gotten enough sleep, even if I've done something that's good for me that I enjoy to do, but there's just this underlying low level of restlessness that we can't seem to shake and that keeps us from from resting. It's it's funny, isn't it? That there's this thing that's feeling restlessness that then keeps us from resting. What what would you say feels restlessness? I think for me, it's trying to do everything and be everywhere. And so for me, like I have so many different things in my life that I want to do, whether it is 
Yard work. Because you're seven on the Enneagram. I'm a seven on the Enneagram. Yes, yes, yes. Whether it's yard work or whatever. So I was telling the fellas the other day, okay, so um, like I wake up one morning a couple weeks ago and I'm like about to have my Jesus time. I open up the blinds downstairs. I had already gotten my coffee. I'm about to sit down with my Bible and like me and Jesus, like about to be caught up into the heavens. And then, <laughs> and then I look out the window and I look at my grass and I was like, and I just cut it the day before. And I was like, man, did I cut my grass too short? Oh, wow. What kind of grass do I have again? I need to look up the kind of grass I have because I need to make sure that I'm like taking care of it the right way. And I pull out my phone and instantly God's like, what are you doing? (laughs) And, um, and so for me, it's trying to do all these different things and be everywhere. And so like, I want to be at everything that I can be at for work and I want to do all the things for work, but then I also want to be a great dad and I want to be able to, so, and, and you find that you run out of time because you're trying to fill your time with so many different things. So yeah, that's for me. What about you, Jeff? Yeah, I think when I thought about this, um, just that spirit of the age, man, I mean, it's, it's kind of constantly thinking, uh, what do I got to do? Where do I got to be? What do I got to, um, and that worry that I'm not, Yeah, it is that worry that I'm not, um, gosh, oh, look at those social media posts. They're helping people more than I am. I need to be wow. helping more people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look at those, um, you know, the things on the news. Um, gosh, man, I would, so what could that actually mean for, you know, Les and I? Like, what could we actually, you know, be doing in our neighborhood more? Like, um, and then technology and trying to connect with, it's just that constant, just keep going and I'm not. Mm, you know, yeah. th- those are kind of two words that I just keep thinking about. Um, you know, I mean, I think about quiet time. I think about things in the morning. It's like, oh my gosh, I don't have, you know, man, there's probably more people out there that are doing, you know, they're learning a language. They're, you know, <laughs> learning how to cook. They're learning how to, you know, play the violin. I'm like, I'm not, you know, I need yeah. to become an amazing chef violinist who learns five languages. You know, I just, <laughs> and so that I think is just keep going. And it's just that, like that fear um, and that anxiety, just constantly watching for, and it's going to get me, mm. right? I'm not. And it's gonna get me, wow. and I just keep kind of looking over my shoulder, going, "But, but what's gonna get me?" Yeah. Um, so I think that that's been probably the biggest thing for me. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of the same anxiety, stress, insecurity of going, yeah. uh, "Am I am I doing enough? Am I good enough?" Um, you know, using this time, we'll never have a time like this ever again in history, and so I do. I, do I use this time to? to be this dad and husband that I'll, I'll never be able to be again, or do I use this time because the church is in desperate need? Yeah. And so this is the balance and yeah. this creates so much restlessness in my heart and my soul of going, where do I, where do I, where do I put it all, mm. you know, in, in the calling in the church and a job or as a husband, as a father. And there's just that the tension's always there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and to add to that. So I think also uh, I was just thinking through this past week, very fortunate, got some good guys in my small group and we're staying connected through, you know, just reading through different parts of the Bible and we're texting one another each morning and really kind of challenging. And it was interesting, we were reading First Peter 5 um, and, I, and I thought about this as you were just saying that, like we were talking to one another about how the enemy's just prowling. Yeah. And, and I think it's just, I was just looking at this, like that hypervigilance that something's out there to kind of get me. Mm. And Right now, it's the coronavirus, right? It's this unseen thing. Um, but it's also, if I don't spend the time the way that I'm supposed to, like something's going to get me. Like if I don't um, 
you know, help people who are at the church, you know, something's going to come back. And so I just think like the enemy's also, yeah. scripture tells it, like he's after us. Yeah. And I think in the, the moment where things have become so quiet, he's still after us and it's still so crafty um, that we don't even notice it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's real good. Because he's trying to keep us from rest because he wants yeah. to keep us distracted. I forget who the brilliant theologian was, but he said that enemies, um, the greatest tool he can have to pull you from God is distraction. Yeah. And he wants nothing else to distract <laughs> you. And so if you're distracted, you're not finding yourself in a place of rest because you're trying to what do all of these other right. different things all the time. Yeah. And so if I'm not distracted by all the things that are there on a daily basis that have distracted yeah. me, then my own mind, like he's going to throw things at me. Yeah. And those thoughts to kind of get me to go, wow, you know, yeah. okay, that's how I'm getting distracted. Wait a minute, I can't yeah. be distracted that way. Like I gotta, I gotta stop. I gotta pull back. Yeah. Um, and notice that I'm feeling restless. Yeah. And that's yeah. Yeah. So I think that what you guys have so beautifully identified is that there's two things going on for all of us. Yeah. That there are these exterior things that are yeah. causing this restlessness, whether it's responsibility or technology or kids or job or work or coronavirus, and it's creating this restlessness within us. But then there's this interior stuff that's also yeah. creating restlessness yeah. Yeah. that's unresolved. Like, who am I? Yeah. Am I enough? What yeah. am I living for? What like what's the scoreboard in this game that I'm playing called life? Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. feeling this restlessness within us. And I think that a lot of times we don't slow down long enough to identify that reality that it's more than just your phone. And yeah. it's more than just a season. And yeah. it's more than just a circumstance. And it's more than just the coronavirus that yes, sometimes we need to put up safeguards to keep phones and screen time in check, of course. But if you don't resolve some of the restlessness yeah. that exists within yeah. your soul, then you're just putting a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that we've, we've got to look there first to really get to a place yeah. to be able to rest. Yeah. But let's, let's move practical. What does Sabbath, what does that look like for you guys? And it almost feels like, I don't know, I don't know if you guys feel this, but even bringing up Sabbath feels like a, like a curse word yeah. in our culture. Like yeah. Sabbath, are you lazy? Like right. you're going to take a nap, bro? Mm. Like yeah. progress efficiency, forward momentum, achievement, those seem to be the things that are highlighted and celebrated. And so how do we, how do we first get over feeling guilty about Sabbath? Because I don't know if y'all feel that way, but I almost feel guilty to Sabbath. Um, And then secondarily, what does that look like for you guys? I'll I'll, I'll jump in. I'm I'm with you. I mean, Sabbath seems like, hey, if if I actually take a a full day and and not do anything, um, who, who am I? And I'm just, I'm worthless. Um, I, I remember several years ago, I went to a friend's lake house and I was going to practice like, hey, I'm going to practice solitude and rest and silence. And so I go to this guy's lake house, put, put up a hammock overlooking the lake, beautiful. And I sit in the hammock for 30 minutes and this is going to be an eight hour you know, deal. Yeah. Um, and 30 minutes in, I'm like, what is going on? Like, I'm not created to do this. Um, and then I started be- beating myself up yeah. of going like, I must be a terrible person if I can't really just sit still without my phone, without ESPN, without sports, without people, you know, what, what am I, what am I missing? And, and Stephen talked about this last week, but mm. John 15 abiding in Christ, there's this cling, hold on to, you know, we're supposed to find complete rest in him. But I think a lot of us miss John 15, six or John 15, eight, one of those verses where it says, now go prove, abide in me and I'll go prove that you're my disciples. Yeah. So, so there's this balance of, of rest and Sabbath, but also go and do. And, and so Sabbath for me, the, the, the mindset wasn't just go away in the woods for a full day and do nothing, mm. but go and be and do at the same time. I don't have to sit in a hammock. 
but I can, I can walk the shores of the lake and throw rocks in, or yeah. I can go build a fort, or I can re- renovate my deck and, and rest because I'm focusing on Jesus' love for me, but also doing the same time. So, yeah. so that was a kind of a, a huge shift for me years ago. Yeah. rest and worship right yeah. that's good yeah and uh yeah um i think for me so um growing up um some of y'all know this but i grew up um uh, in a mormon household so uh, and mormons are actually very like strict on this idea of sabbath and so growing up i hated the word sabbath and i hated sundays because i was like i can't do anything like we weren't allowed to watch tv weren't allowed to go outside and play um, weren't allowed to have any fun or anything like that. And, um, it doesn't feel like rest. It feels like punishment. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I almost had like PTSD from yeah. that for years. Actually I have. And, um, it wasn't until recently, um, my brother-in-law actually started just challenging me in this idea of Sabbath and, um, and really looking at, okay, how did, um, how did the Hebrews, like, how did the Jews practice this idea of Sabbath throughout history and what that looked like? And you look even back in Genesis, I love how Joey was saying, um, in Genesis one, it says there was evening and then there was morning. And so everything started from rest for them and their week starts then, um, with a day of rest and, and they start there and then move forward. And, um, and then, so Sabbath should be this day then that we rest and we worship and it's fueling us and it's, um, bringing life to our souls then that is launching us into the rest of our week. And so practically, um, I've been terrible at this for so long. Um, but recently, Leslie and I have been like really um, talking about, okay, how do we make this a reality each week? And so, yeah, it's been a day um, where we do Saturdays because Sundays we work at a church. So we can't really do that because um, it's work too. But um, yeah, I mean, disconnecting from our phones and disconnecting from television and um, having time where it's not just like time just in the morning with God, but like throughout the day where Good. like scripture is, we're listening to the Dwell Bible app. If you don't have that thing, you got to get that. Uh, shout out to Jordan Ledwell. He's got the hookup for us. Figure it out. Um, but then, but yeah, so listening to scripture and worship and listening uh, and not just listening to, but then talking with each other and talking to God and prayer and being outside and just walking. And for me, I used to always try to fill that day with projects and games and doing all like doing other stuff, but no, 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 it's about being more than it is doing that day for me. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think for us, um, for me, uh, realizing that, you know, it is um, kind of what you guys are saying. It's a day where I can do stuff, right. right? I mean, Jesus looking back through, I mean, the gospels, many of his things that he did, many of the healings that he took, you know, that took yeah. place, many other things. I mean, they happened on a Sabbath. Yeah. Totally. Um, and I'm almost wondering, like, did he do that, right. you know, to kind of prove <laughs> yeah. a point yeah. with some of the religious leaders because they were trying to hold this thing and make it kind of this not, like, don't, don't, don't. And Jesus was like, no, hold on a second. Yeah. Like, I'm, I came to bring peace. Um, and like, even just this thought of the word rest, like, it's, it's about restoration. It's about like kind of restoring something inside of me. Yeah so that I can go and, and do, you know, Ryan, right. like you were saying, and, and Joe. Yeah. And so when I, I personally kind of look at it, I mean, it, scripture and just some kind of like, it is Saturday for us as well, um, because it is the slowest day of the week, because it is you know, kind of the moment where I can control a lot of my calendar and scripture and starting out with that, just starting out with a little bit slower morning. But then, man, I tell you what, there is nothing um, more restful and more peaceful for me than looking back at my lawn and seeing these nice lines, <laughs> yes. right? I mean, it's like, you it's know, nature's like, soul. exactly, right? 
And so it is good for my soul. Yeah. yeah. And so I look back at that and I'm just like, I, that's, like, that's peaceful. Like I've brought some order to the world. Like I've brought some just personal time where I, my, I'm like lost in my thoughts and I don't have to think about, like I was saying before, like what I am and what I'm right. not. Like I can just be, yeah. um, you know, and I put on like, you know, worship music or whatever and I'm just out there and sometimes my neighbors probably look over and they're like, what in the world is going on with him? Yeah. I'm behind that lawnmower and I'm just like, you know, singing and everything. You ever like and, raise the one hand? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, and then I look back and there's like that little <laughs> curve in the yeah. lawn and um, I have to go back over it again. Um, that to me, of my, never mind. But that, but that to me is Sabbath, right? It's like that's bringing peace. That's bringing this like restorative yeah. Yeah. Um, for me on a Saturday. We'll also, um, I don't know about you guys, like we'll also get together. Like we may have, you know, a dinner with somebody or we may, well, not now, but like a virtual Zoom <laughs> yeah. thing. But that connection, connecting yeah. with people, like yeah. that kind of thing, breaking yeah. bread with people, yeah. That, yeah. that rhythm is really, really important. Yeah, that's good. Um, a couple of things that I, I think to highlight from that is that Sabbath kind of looks different for us. Um, in John Mark Comer's book that has been referenced throughout this series, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, he talks about four different things that can help kind of give you a definition of what yeah. Sabbath is, okay? And the first one is stopping, yeah. that there needs to be the stopping that happens. Your yeah. normal flow, yeah. your normal way of life needs to come to a screeching halt, things that you do. So maybe it's stopping checking emails, stopping looking yeah. at yep. your phone. Maybe it's stopping working, whatever, but there needs to be some stop that takes yeah. place. I think that if your life looks the same on your Sabbath day or Sabbath time as it does then you haven't Sabbath, yeah, okay? So something has to yeah. stop. Yeah. And I think a great practical step for those who are tuning in watching is to go, when I Sabbath, and we'll talk about when you should Sabbath and how long you should Sabbath in just a second, but but when I Sabbath, what are the things that I know that need to stop? Yeah. The things that aren't, bringing restoration to yeah. my soul, the things that aren't helping me get in touch with my creator. And so I think that there's a stopping that needs to happen. Um, the next thing that he says is that there needs to be rest, yeah. right? Inside of Sabbath. So you need to do something that is restful, that is absolutely restorative. So it's not just, okay, I don't do anything because that would just be stopping, yeah. but it's stopping and then resting, yeah. doing something that produces yeah. fulfillment. Yeah. And then this is the part that I think a lot of people leave out. And he says, delight, yeah. that there needs to be delight. So you need to stop doing things that aren't producing a restored soul. You need to start doing things, resting things that are going to produce a restorative yeah. soul. But then it also, it should be a delight, not something that you dread, yeah. not something that just feels right. like a discipline, right. but we've got to, we've got to work and learn and, um, and keep with it till we figure out how we're delighting in this yeah, thing of Sabbath. Yeah, so there needs to be this producing of joy that happens. And then the final thing is worship, which I think that sometimes, like we know that intuitively, right. having a Christian conversation that worship's gonna be a component of it. But I really feel this deep sense within me that a lot of us just try to pick up the best practices to clear our mind. We'll yeah. pick up some meditation app or we'll just read a book or we'll go sit on a porch or right. we'll go for a walk, yeah. but God's not really a component of that. Yeah. And I want yeah. I want to say that's not Sabbath. Yeah. Yeah. If worship isn't central, then Sabbath yeah. didn't happen. Yeah. And so I think that worship is really important. 
as a part of Sabbath. So I think that there's a lot of flexibility. I yeah. love that um, one of the things that John Mark references in his book is that, you know, his son, his teenage son is at a stage, they're very different in personality type. And he's at a stage in life where he like wants to go and be with his friends. And so he's trying to figure out, okay, how do I let him Sabbath in his way? Because I want him to love the rhythm of Sabbath yeah. mm. in his own way, not hate it and reject it yeah. altogether. Yeah, so I think that as you start thinking about integrating this into your family, wow. which I think you should in Sabbathing yeah. together, thinking about doing it in a way where your kids love the rhythm of Sabbath yeah. and they're able to Sabbath in the way that God has made them yeah. and wired them. Yeah. So, but, yeah. but then even in the midst of that, I would say that there's some togetherness that should happen. There should yeah. be some, hey, we're all gonna sacrifice and give for the sake of one another. So yes. we're gonna do this Family. together. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that's really important. You see yeah. that in kind of the Hebrew model of Sabbath. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wanna bring this up. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Um, uh, in, I'm pretty sure it's Luke. It might be Mark. Yeah, Luke 5, 16. Um, we see that Jesus often withdraws to lonely yeah. places. Y'all talk on that for a second. Jesus yeah. often withdrawing to lonely places. Yeah. Yeah, I think, so for me, um, one of the things I keep going in and out of is trying to get up early and yeah. withdraw to a lonely, where it's just me and God. Yeah. Um, and I think when I see that in scripture, um, it's to, I think, get out from the noise, get out from the the demands, get out from... Because um, Jesus was an important person. He meant a right. lot to a lot of people. Yeah. And I think it was also to connect with his father. Totally, yeah. bro. Right? I mean, I, so for me, when I'm sitting amongst uh, people, or if I, even if I'm in a room with somebody else, there's still that noticing somebody else. Yeah. And it doesn't allow me to be fully present, yeah. both with myself and with, and, and with my dad. So um, for me, I think when I see that, it really truly is just getting away by himself where it can be just him and and his father. So good. It's so important. So you're a perfect person to talk to yeah. about this. So the whole introvert, extrovert conversation, uh-huh. right? And that's not as much around am I shy or do, or do I like people, but how you get energy, right? Yeah. Talk about that for a second. Yeah, so it's all about, so energy in a room. So I, I think about it like um, solar powered or plug-in powered, mm-hmm. right? So solar powered, I'm around a bunch of people. Like yeah. honestly, being at home, even though I love my wife, but being with you guys, this is giving me energy because right. I'm an extrovert. I like yeah. I refuel and recharge by being around people. Yep. And the person who's an introvert, right? I plug in. I just want me and whatever, and that's it. Yep. And that, that's why I get recharged and refueled. And I think all of us need the opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even as an extrovert, if I'm constantly right. with people yeah. trying to get fueled up. Um, there is going to be a part of me that's still, there's a battery cell inside of me yeah. that's not getting full. Yeah. That can only get full when I get away by myself, yeah. alone, quiet, nothing. Yeah. Um, and I've noticed that a lot over the, the coronavirus. Like I've, I've been more plugged into that. Yeah. And I think we see that in Jesus. For sure. Jesus was perfect in everything, right? Yeah. Balanced in everything. Totally could be charged up sitting at a wedding in Cana or could be out, you know, um, walking with, you know, his dudes on the hillside and, yeah. you know, seeing the thousands that are following him. Yeah. Oh, but he also needed to get away mm-hmm. to a lonely place with his heavenly father to have that one cell recharge that only that could do. And that's the key right there that I think is so important that so many people miss is Jesus withdraws to be with, yeah. right? So he withdraws to a lonely place to pray, to be with his father. Yeah. A lot of people, when they're tired, what do they do? They just withdraw, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they withdraw. And then what that does is it, it, it evidences the withdrawals that you feel in your soul yeah, of right. not being fulfilled, not being filled up. And so they'll just go to this lonely place. They'll lock themselves in a yeah. room. They'll binge on Netflix and then they'll yeah. call that rest. Well, that's right. just withdrawing. Right. Yeah. yeah and withdrawing isn't rest. Withdrawing to be with yeah. your father, yeah. that's what produces rest. And I think one of the problems is a lot of people don't know how to be with their father. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think a lot of people don't know how to be with their father yeah yeah talk about that some yeah yeah what does it look like to be with your father yeah i mean because on that so um it's either john mark or one of the guys i've been one of the other books he says following the person of jesus also means following the pace of jesus and so i think so oftentimes we think of rest and there's a stereotype around it of rest is like passive or rest is and so what you were just saying yeah rest i can't i don't have time to rest because i don't, I don't want to just spend a day doing nothing and chilling and it's being with your father so if you look at jesus's life okay he spent time to be with his father even in luke chapter 2 right his his parents lose him like he's lost child can't find him where is he what he is in the temple spending time with his daddy mm-hmm. and um I think spending time with dad looks like listening. Um, I think so oftentimes we think that sitting and being still is is like, what am I going to get from that? But I think even for myself, I talk so much and I am trying you? to like- No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to like read and consume all of this stuff. But um, time with dad is oftentimes just sitting. And so I think about my favorite times with my son is what, when he's just curled up next mm. to me. And if I can get him to sit still for a moment, mm. that's like the sweetest thing ever. Um, my daughter right now, all she does is sit with me and it's the greatest thing, right? Um, and there's this connection then, this bond then. And it's um, he's got, Hudson's gonna learn the most from me when he's with me. He's not gonna learn anything from me if he's right. not around me, right? Yeah. Like he's not gonna learn... Um, how to clean up his room. He's not going to learn how to shoot a basketball if I'm not with him, if he doesn't come close to me. So I think too, I mean, being with your father is an extremely vulnerable place to be. Yeah. I can cover my own self, my own lifestyle, my own faults around you guys or around the church. But it's, when it's just me and God, God knows everything about me, all of my failures, all of my weaknesses. Yeah. And so again, going back to the initial conversation or question, when it's just me and God the Father, I'm going. Are you, what are you gonna? What kind of conversation are we gonna have? Wow. Because you know, you know it all. Wow. And so it's it's hard for me to that's so good to step into that knowing not that he's gonna come down with a hammer because he never has yeah. right, but just that inner turmoil and tension of going, man, this is this is this is maybe the most vulnerable spot wow. I'll ever be in. Just me yeah. and God who knows everything about me. Yeah. Which. I think you hit the nail on the head and I want to hear from you, Jason, like what is it about us as humans that that guilt factor of God knows or what's going to happen if I get real or vulnerable or in his presence and like what, what's going on there and how do we break through that to get to a place of being in his presence? Yeah. Cause for a lot of us, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking as you guys are, are talking about this, we're transferring our earthly dad or our earthly interactions with a dad onto our heavenly father. And so for some of us, we may have grown up and have had amazing experiences with our dad. And yet there may also be something there that is still a little bit lacking. Because again, because of the fall, we're living in a world that's not relationally the way that it's supposed to be. And so there's something that the enemy can use to kind of get us wrapped around where we think, oh, but you're just like that, right? Even if, 
my earthly dad was great. And then there's the other spectrum. There's the other side where there are people who dad was not safe. Dad was not something that right. I could curl up next to, you know, far from it. Mm-hmm. So wherever we are on that, on that scale, we, we transfer that to God the Father. Yeah. Um, and what we've got to do, what I've had to do, um, and I love my earthly dad, I've had to separate those two and look at how Jesus interacts with his earthly dad or his heavenly father. Um, how does Jesus interact with, with God the Father? Right. Like, what is that relationship like? How does he lean into him? And, and throughout the Gospels, I mean, you see this picture of like a closeness, like you were talking about, Ryan, and kind of believe that that can be for me. Yeah. So that when I go to my heavenly father, it's not he's wanting to scold me or he's right. wanting to passive aggressively point out, you know, the faults or he's not right. wanting to, yeah. um, he's, he's not even wanting to kind of be the dad that is sitting there like, uh-huh, yeah, right. When's this going to be over? <laughs> yeah, That's not him at all. Like he is locked yeah. in 100%, like attuned to my needs That's even good. before I know what they are. Yeah. So I can trust him. I can, you know, be loved by him. I can be in his presence yeah. and not fear and not worry because Jesus Come on, yeah. come on, bro. And, and the, the crazy thing is, I don't know about you guys, I've never walked away from a Sabbath or a time with God the Father and felt bad. Yeah. I've yeah. always been yeah. like full of love, but there's still that like, yeah. <gasps> you know, but every time it's like, yeah. wow, that yeah. was yeah. amazing. Yeah. I've walked in feeling bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've walked yeah. in feeling bad. Yeah. And it, there was maybe a little dip valley, but real quick, he's going to bring me back yeah. up, yeah. right? Yeah. So I think that it's, he leads us in paths of righteousness yeah. for his yeah. namesake. And at times he's got to force us to lie yeah, down. He makes, makes us, us lie down. Lie down. Yeah. Um, and that's really, really important. Yeah. So where do we go from here? Because we got some people who yeah. are all over the yeah. map on Sabbath. Some people who are like, yeah. I thought you were speaking in Hebrew when you said that Sabbath <laughs> word. And then other people are, who are like, no, nah, I'm doing it. I'm resting well. And then other people who are somewhere in between. And so where are some good starting places for people who want to implement this idea of Sabbath into their life and want to begin to practice a rhythm of rest? What would you say? Where do they go from here? Yeah, I mean, the first thing I would say is um, that there has never been and there will never be a time where God doesn't want us to spend time with him. And so for us to think like, man, I don't know where to start. And I don't know if like this day could be right or this time could be right. God just wants you to be with him. Mm-hmm. He just wants you to draw close to him. And, and so I think the biggest thing is to recognize, why do you think it is that so much throughout scripture, God's reminding us, he says, uh, be strong and courageous, do not fear for I am with you. Jesus' final words before he ascends to be with the father is I am with mm-hmm. you. And so for us just to be reminded that he is here and he's just waiting for us to draw close to him as well and receive from him. And so I, I think the first thing is don't get bogged down by thinking that there has to be a specific day, time, um, but you've got to start somewhere. And if you don't start somewhere, then um, you're never going to um, make this a priority in your life, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think piggyback on that is pick something. Yeah. Right. So pick a time and then pick something that brings you rest. Yeah. And pick something out of scripture um, that you know you can connect with um, and and just start and yeah. notice. Yeah. Notice yeah. what happens. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I love that you said pick a time because yeah. you know, maybe some of us are resting for a full twenty four hours, but going from zero to twenty four hours, yeah. that's yeah. a pretty big jump. So yeah. right. maybe if you said I'm gonna pick a meal. 
Yeah. And I'm going right. to like, this is yeah. going to be, this is going to be our Sabbath meal, Saturday morning breakfast. This yeah. is our Sabbath meal, no devices, no TV shows, no cartoons, whatever, but we're going to eat this meal. We're going to cook together as a family. Mm-hmm. We're going to read a Psalm. Yeah. We're going to pray together, whatever. And we're going to start with a Saturday morning meal. Yeah. yeah. And it's our Saturday morning Sabbath meal. And because if you try to bite off a whole day all at right. once, you're going to be like going stir crazy. Like, yeah. can I please have my phone? Yeah. And that's not what we want for anybody. Yeah. Right? right. So I think that picking that time and starting somewhere is really, yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Is, is first step picking a full day is is going to be crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, start like today. You know, today. Come on. Find yeah. five minutes just yeah. to pull back mm-hmm. and, and see how that feels, right? And see what God does, and and and, and allow God to build some trust with you yeah. for you to actually give Him a, an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, th- not that the Sabbath is more important than the daily interaction that we have with God, but there is this tension between. Are we going to actually have a Sabbath if we're not spending time with God every day? Mm-hmm. And is that, that that Sabbath doesn't take the place of cool? I'm just going to one day a week, right. yeah, go for it. Like right. there's this interaction piece. But then I think a massive starting place for people who are going to Sabbath is determining what kind of life you want to live. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you want your life to be stressed or satisfied? Do you want to continue to consume or do you want contentment? Do you want um, the appearance of perfection or deep relationships, right? Do you want to live in the ways of the world or do you want to live in the ways of Jesus? Mm -hmm. And the ways of Jesus, this rhythm of rest, I think what we've got to wrap our minds around is that it's not an enemy of achievement and it's not an enemy of impact. Jesus living this life of often withdrawing to lonely places, of spending 40 days in the desert before he starts his ministry and only 33 years of life changes the world more than any other human in history. Yeah, absolutely. So the most rested person is the person who had the greatest impact. And I think that a lot of us are actually selling ourselves short. We're selling our lives short because we're trying to act like we're these human doings who can just keep doing, 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 doing when God wants us to be human beings who work from a place of rest, not just rest from work. And so let's try to get into the rhythms of Jesus and the ways of Jesus and determine that I want to live like Jesus and his measure of success, not the world's measure of success. And I think that's a great starting point for us. Yeah. Ryan, will you pray for us? Yeah, I'd love to. And Jesus, thank you so much just for this time. Uh, thank you for just the men in this room and everyone listening and watching around the world. And I just, I just pray, Jesus, um, that, that we can look at this, this Sabbath, this rest, this, this time with you um, as something that's going to bring us life and not just a thing that we have to schedule, one more thing, one more meeting we have to, to, to meet with. But I just pray, Jesus, that right now, um, and you just do something in our souls and our hearts uh, with our families, uh, with our kids, and uh, this becomes uh, a, a culture-shifting uh, time in, in, yeah. our, in our lives. And so um, I, I just pray, Jesus, that you'll, you'll be patient with us as we try and fail and try and fail and then hopefully try and, 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 and succeed in some capacity. Um, be with us, be with our church, um, and be with everyone listening to this. And I pray, Jesus, that we can Sabbath well this week and the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 For the next few moments, um, what we're going to do is uh, Patrick and the team are going to lead us in a song that we hope just sets the stage for your soul to rest. And so, man, just curl up in a quiet place. Just take some moments to just receive this and let your soul rest.